running your company's B2B LinkedIn page. Some companies leave it up to an intern because you know that's going to go well. Other companies just post boring vanilla ebook and webinar updates. And the funny part is no one actually cares. The good news is we used to do that at Metadata and we totally changed up our approach last year. And it's worked so well that we just hit 10K followers last month. So we're going to let you in on all the secrets that we've learned over the last year. Demand Gen U is officially in session. Let's do it. We're bringing Justin Simon back because he is actually one half of the dynamic duo who made a lot of this happen once he joined Metadata last year. So Justin, I'm actually pretty pumped about this because this is a pretty timely topic for a lot of B2B SaaS companies out there. Yeah, this one will be a fun one. It's uh, it's not something that people typically do right, uh, and we're learning as we go, so it'll be a fun one to talk through. So I think before we jump into it, maybe we, uh, this is a safe space, so maybe we talk a little bit about how we were running our LinkedIn page, and when I say we, I mean not you, before you joined, because we were just like every other company out there. We had a two-person marketing team with some freelancers and an intern. Meg Schreiber, if you're listening, you were an amazing intern, so this is no slight to you, but you were an intern. You were just getting started on social and you had no direction from me or Jason. So how could you be in a position to succeed? And what we were doing was we were prioritizing all the other million things that we had going on. And whenever we had content to promote, we said, hey, Meg, go promote this. And it did not sound like the same metadata that you were you know, listening to on podcasts that we were on, you know, we didn't have this at the time or what our website sounded like. And it just sounded like two totally different personalities and least surprising news of all time. Like it wasn't really getting any traction. So I forget the exact follower count that we were at when you joined last year, but I want to say it was in the maybe 3,500 to 4,000 ish range. I could be way yeah, off, but that's the number. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, it, I think it was probably between four and five. Okay. thousand when when I joined in August so and you know we're marketing to marketers at the end of the day so we knew that our audience is on LinkedIn and we wanted to keep doing what we were doing with our own employees on social but we also wanted to totally overhaul our own company page and make it somewhere that people actually you know got excited about seeing posts from metadata in their feeds and look forward to seeing what new things we were gonna be posting. So I'll kick it over to you and you kind of tell me where you started with this. We'll talk about some of the inspiration that we had and how we Frankensteined our own strategy. Yeah, Frankensteining it is uh, is what we do here. So yeah, no, I think when when I came on, the biggest gap was consistency. So you guys had, had just um, hired uh, Katie who was doing freelance but it was very, at least, because uh, I think she probably came on like a month before I did. Or, she or right started, funny enough, I was just with Katie last night. She was in town in Chicago. So we were prepping a little bit for this episode over some beers and laughing about the state that our social accounts were in when she picked them up. So she started July of 2021. And yep. from, fun fact and kind of embarrassing fact, from May to July of 2021, we didn't have anyone touching the company page. So we were legit radio silent while we were trying to get Katie on board. So good context. Yeah, totally. Because even before I started, I was obviously as somebody does, but especially for 
my role in content. It was like, okay, like what are, what is the current state of things on social? How often are they posting? What are they posting? What are they trying to do with it? Um, and the stuff when you guys were posting was good. It was solid, good, decent interaction for the follower count. Um, but it was just so inconsistent. It was very hit or miss. It was like three in a row and then radio silence for two weeks and then one and then radio silence and then two. So, I mean, table stakes for anybody who's trying to get started, but consistency is so key. Being able to show up every single day uh, on social, whatever channel you want for us, it was LinkedIn, obviously, but that was our goal. That I mean, that was the first conversation I had with Katie was like, hey, the, I don't even care necessarily if we're posting our best stuff right away or exactly where we want to be, but we have to show up Monday through Friday in the feed when people are, you know, in their work environment doing LinkedIn and doing other things like that. So that was that was step one for us. We are all about consistency, and Justin's heard me say this before. I care so much about consistency that you can be consistently bad. I just want you to be consistent. I hate the inconsistency because that's what I notice when I'm looking at other companies and how they run their social accounts. So that was a huge win for us and really you and Katie when you were first getting us started out. Yeah. And I think part of it too is, you know, you had mentioned it even early on, like some of what you were asking uh, the intern to do is like, hey, when we have content to promote, can we do this? And that's maybe an older mentality of social, especially LinkedIn is like, and we st- I think we probably still struggle with that a little bit of like, hey, we want to promote this thing. So that means we're going to put a social post out for that specific thing. And I think there's a time and place for that. But that can't be your social strategy, your social, you know, your LinkedIn strategy. If you want to grow and get people to follow, can't be attend our webinar, attend our webinar. Hey, did you know we have a webinar? Hey, this Thursday we have this thing. Hey, did you sign up for our newsletter? Hey, you know, it's all so internally focused um where for us that part of that sort of consistency is consistently helping the audience get better and so that's what that's what we tried to do uh when i took over and in that way when you do have something to promote you know we just had emmy awards we have you know benchmark report we have other stuff like that when you actually do have stuff you want to promote people actually are like oh good this is valuable this is insightful this is not just them trying to bombard me with their promotional stuff day after day yeah and that was a huge adjustment for me too because i and we'll talk about inspiration here in a little bit but i always just thought that you know hey it doesn't always have to be a webinar but if you have a piece of uh, content whether it be a blog post or some sort of you know guide that you're releasing or whatever it is you're constantly asking somebody to leave the platform that they just opened mm-hmm. up, whether it's on their phone or if it's on their computer, they want to stay in LinkedIn the majority of the time. So I had to learn, okay, if we're not going to be asking them to do you know, that and leave the platform, how do you still get them to consume their information? And that was something that you really schooled me on. Uh, and we hadn't done anything like that before. Yeah, totally. It, it, the The mentality for me is I want them to be able to get value within the feed um, and, and be able to actually get, and value is, you know, value, right? Like provide value. So heavy air quotes for anybody who's not watching, but um, that can mean different things. That could mean entertainment value. That could be educational, um, inspirational. So we try to hit all these different um, ways with our content to where we're not always uh, like, 
if you follow metadata on LinkedIn, you're not always just going to see memes. You're not always just going to see how to's. You're not just always going to see videos. You're going to see a mix. And we do that on purpose um, to a test different things on our end, but also provide different types of content for people who are following us. And I think that what you said is key. Like the way people consume content now is so different. Um, you know, to think that you're going to get somebody to go off to a blog. I couldn't tell you the last blog I went off from social too. I, I, I don't think I could tell you that. Uh, I, I can't tell you. I'm, I'm you thinking know, hard right now too. It, and even, and <laughs> honestly, even, even on our end, like we, we promote a podcast episode, but we put a video in there with a snippet that's helpful because my expectation is not that people are necessarily going to go like from that moment, go listen to the full show but maybe they've got their phone right there and they'll just, oh, I'll download the, the podcast so I can listen to the next episode or something like that. You know, it's it's a much longer term game. And that's I mean, we could talk about that, too. But social media, especially LinkedIn, it's it's not the expectation should not be you're going to post this thing and get a thousand registrants or a bunch of downloads for your ebook or, or whatever. So. There's a couple things that you mentioned that we'll get to in a second, but the first thing that I want to talk through is inspiration. So I think where a lot of B2B companies who realize that, hey, the way we're doing social on the company page right now is not what we want to do, let's change it up. They immediately try to be the next Wendy's or you know some hilarious B2C brand. And is it funny? Yeah. That those companies have full blown operations running those things. So to think that you're going to be the next Wendy's and B2B, I don't think really is the, <laughs> the best uh, like jump to make. So what were some of the B2B companies that you looked at? And I'll share some of mine too, for inspiration when we were first getting this thing restarted. So uh, maybe I'll let you jump in with B2B after I go. Cause I honestly I don't think there's a ton of B2B companies that are crushing it as mm-hmm. far as like company pages. It's really few and far between. There are very few companies that I follow yep. uh, on LinkedIn. And I think, you know, that's a whole other conversation as well. But I looked at like what types of creators that I was following on LinkedIn, like what type of content do they put out? And again, it's a little different cause it's a brand or things like that. Um, but th- that's, that's where I went was, you mm-hmm. know, what, what are the things it's really kind of the basics of social, but what are the things that make me stop when I'm scrolling? What are the things that I'm interested in? And again, I'm not always the, the audience, you know, I, we are marketing marketers, but it's a different, mm-hmm. different type, but you know, general rules, like what am I looking to, um, get out of it? And and that's what I was looking for. I wasn't necessarily looking at what other companies are doing because so mm-hmm. many of them do it bad. I was yeah. just looking at like, yeah, Hey, yeah. What are like the best LinkedIn creators doing right now? And it was like consistency, different types, you know, consistent messaging, hitting the same stuff all the time. It's all like those nitty gritty things um, that could transfer over to a B2B company. And that was, those are the things that we started doing when I took over, which is like consistent. We're only going to talk about X amount of topics. We're not going to talk about everything in B2B marketing. We're going to talk about these niche things in B2B marketing and, and that type of stuff. It's a way better answer. Uh, I would say (laughs) the companies that I looked at, Gong obviously is kind of the North Star for a lot of what we do, but I think especially how they, I mean, their company page is over 100,000 company followers, which for a B2B SaaS startup is insane. Um, I would say I also looked at, you know, Dooley to a degree and what they were doing and just how they found balance. And then I was also looking at 
some of the communities that are out there, mm-hmm. you know, specifically it was then DGMG, it's Exit 5 now, but just what are the types of things that he's posting on that page? Because his Exit 5 page, I want to say, is north of at least 50,000 followers right now. So I, I never want to just look at a single B2B company for anything in marketing, not even just paid social and be like, that's what I want to copy verbatim. And it's just exactly what they're doing. But I do cherry pick things that I like from different B2B companies. And to my Frankenstein comment earlier, Frankenstein, our own strategy. Yeah, I think you, you want, and with all this, you want to take the best parts of those sort of inspirations and try to make them your own. You don't ever want to verbatim try to become that company or become that brand or, you you know, try to do that. I think you want to be true to who you are. So if you're, you know, if you're a very corporate enterprise cybersecurity, you know, company and you start posting memes all day, I I don't know, maybe it it won't land as well, right? Like there's a balance there, but maybe you could try one here and there and see, and maybe there's a a fit there but like so I think you want to be true to your brand and and be true to like what your personality is and it's all of those things that we've talked about in in previous episodes with you know positioning and messaging and and all of that type of stuff in terms of who you are and then just let that filter out into into your social content too I love it so the next thing that I want to talk through is you've got kind of this idea of, of how we want metadata to come across on our company page now what are the types of things that we first started to test out to see what works? Because your meme comment, I think many companies just immediately assume that, you know, hey, we want to be Wendy's and we don't have the people to do this or the creative team to do this. So let's just start pumping out memes. And I love memes. I think you love memes, but you can't get by on memes and memes only. Like there's got to be some balance to it. Yeah. It's some of it too is like the goal of of even your overall strategy. So you could have one company and their goal is just purely impressions, engagement, etc. It doesn't really matter if it ties back to the brand. It doesn't really matter. Like we just want, you know, eyeballs. And so, you know, you could, you could get more, um, you know, I don't want to even use the word, but viral, like you could get more, more oh, go hype. make it viral. Yeah. Uh, go make it viral. I, I've never, <laughs> I've never been told that not here, but I swear I've not, nobody's ever said that. Um, yeah, you know, just go viral. So, but you could have some, you know, more generic content is going to get liked more, more broad based stuff is going to get liked more and more impressions, more, you know, some, some simple opinions, you know, anybody who's been on LinkedIn or been on social kind of knows like, Oh, that, that really generic thing. Why did that get liked so much? Well, because a lot of people can kind of get around it and, and, and tie to it. Um, whereas the other flip side of that, and we try to balance it is to actually be helpful to the core audience that we're trying to help. So, you know, demand gen marketers who are trying to run better campaigns, that's a niche audience when you even compare it down to the, you know, general B2B marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that limits in some ways what we can say, but that also means when we do have something to say that is actually super helpful to that group, they love it. Cause it's like, Oh, that, you know, and it might be a smaller finite group, but if you get four to five, six, and then the more you add, the more people that end up liking that, there's more impact there because it's, oh man, metadata is super helpful. I might not even be using them yet, but they've just been dropping so much helpful content in my feed. What do they do? Oh, they do that? Oh, they do that? I got to get on the phone. That's the that's the ultimate goal for me is like just to drop so much helpful stuff every single day that eventually somebody's going to be like, all right, I got to see what they do. 
I mean, that's the name of the game. That's exactly what we're trying to do. And I think we've talked about it on previous episodes, but whatever the made up stat is of 1% of your market is actively in market right now. Mm -hmm. It's how are you trying to build relationships with your future customers at scale uh, well before they're ready to buy so that whenever they are ready to buy, they're not considering anyone else. It's metadata and metadata only because they've been fanboying and fangirling for the last, you know, six, 12 months. And when they're ready, they're ready. Yep. Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. And some of that too, it just comes down to, again, I'll, I'll beat this drum all day long, but if you come out of this with one thing, it's consistency. So it's showing up every single day with that value so that they, they don't have, you, you're not forcing people to look you up in any way. You want, you want to be proactively getting in front of your audience. However, that in this instance, we're talking about LinkedIn, but you want to be proactive in getting in front of them where they're at so that they don't have to think in the morning, I've got my cup of coffee. Let's see what metadata has got going on. They just get their cup of coffee and there's metadata. We're already there. So that's kind of the goal. Yep. So the next thing that I want to talk about is focus. And the whole point of this episode is how we grew our LinkedIn company page, you know, to 10 K followers. I think we're North of 11 now. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a very intentional decision that was made to prioritize the LinkedIn company page. We have a Twitter account that I looked the other day because I needed to update the new logo. And I think we last posted, I think it was over a year ago. I've ne- we've never posted since I've been here on Twitter. Yeah, I think it was when we redid the <laughs> we website get there. in April of 2021. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's pretty close. We've got Facebook. We don't have an Instagram no. right now. We're kicking the tires on TikTok, but I tell you and whoever's listening all of those things because you don't just have to say, hey, we want to be more active on social and then shotgun your approach on four or five different channels. Like we just picked one and focused on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the last... um the last company I was at, we I sort I sort of inherited that. It was an an older company, and so we had, I mean, at, we we were on social, you know, in 2011 when it was just kicking off, and the idea back then was like, hey, you have to have a a Twitter account and a Facebook account for every product you sell. You know, it's just that type of thing. And every we had so many of these accounts. Um, you it know, sounds and, like a disaster to maintain. Oh, it was. <laughs> It was a nightmare. Uh, yeah, you can see it doesn't scale well, especially, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, that's the, th- I mean, that to tie it even back, but like, that's the thing with social too, is like the reason why we uh, picked LinkedIn was a, we already had a decent following there. So we had close to 5,000 people, which isn't massive in the, in, in the grand scheme, but it's also not nothing either. So like uh, we had that you and Jason were already active on LinkedIn and had a pretty decent following there. So it was a good tie in. Um, but then it came down to, it was me and Katie. We're two people with, with, you know, Katie's freelancing for us. We're not full time, you know, uh, on her bucket. And, and I am, you know, have about 30 things I'm doing outside of social. So it's like, I can't in any way possible think I'm going to like, set myself up to say, Hey, yeah, we can do Twitter. Awesome. And we can do TikTok, and we can do LinkedIn and we can do this, um, and, and do it well. So, you know, for smaller companies for, you know, one person shops, kind of content shops like we are with freelance help. I, I don't think there's any, I mean the two right now and it, it's LinkedIn and it's TikTok, And that's why we say we're looking at, t- I think Twitter has value too, but just in terms of organic reach, I don't think you can really 
beat those two channels right now. Um, and that was the goal for me was to try to tap into the places where it actually made sense. I mean, there were times where, you know, you would post on Facebook because you were not here, but like you were supposed to post on Facebook. Like, well, well, we might as well, we have the account, we have to look active. Uh, so many people like, think that way and still do. You don't have to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I'm not yelling I mean, at you. I just, I'm fired up. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. Mark. No, uh, be, but seriously, like, you know, maybe we can yell a little bit if this is, you know, you got, you got to stop doing that because it's just look at the stats. And that's what I'd say for anybody who's trying to like turn the ship. Cause I've had to turn the ship before. Um, it, it, data is a, is a good, is a good, you know, start. And then you got to tell a story. So it's like, think about all the time we're spending to post on these, you know, look at the, the return on investment. I have X amount of people, you, you know, maybe I've ha- we hired this intern to work on this. We post it on Facebook. It gets two likes and they're both from people, you know, who work at the company. It's not getting any reach. You know what I mean? So it's like, eh, you know, if we took those dollars effort, you know, what's our return that we could do on literally anything else? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I've worked at those companies too, where like one of the likes is your sister and the other like is your mom. Like, you know, (laughs) no shame, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks mom (laughs) and sister. Uh, So I think the other big thing that I want to talk through here, and we can probably talk about this for a while is how like the shelf life or what I thought shelf life of, of new content was Mm. for us on our LinkedIn page. You know, you, publish something, whether it's a blog or guide or whatever, and you know, you have a, a post or two and that's it. You completely opened up my eyes and changed my world with the, the, your content repurposing and really the distro doc. So for everybody who's not familiar with these, you know, distro doc, and maybe we should give out a template. I think that might be mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. Walk us through that because that has been a game changer for how we repurposed all of our content and really got to that 10K follower number. Yeah, the distro doc. So for people who I'll give a brief update on, on or sort of description on what those are, and then I'll kind of talk about how I implemented those when I got to metadata. So these essentially they're just I mean, they're boring in a lot of ways. It's just a Word document with like a few posts listed out. That That's all it is. is you're just batching your content off of a post. But the way I like to think about it is your goal with this distribution doc is to say take a blog post or take an ebook or take a report or take a podcast and say how many different angles, topics, ideas, things can I essentially steal out of here and copy and paste it into this other document and then format that for social. Could be a one-liner, could be other things. How, you know, in this case we're talking about LinkedIn, so that might be different but same exact thing could get get put on like Twitter or anything else. You're just taking the ideas out of here and trying to put them in there. And so that's what I did when I started at Metadata. We didn't have like a whole bunch of content that we were putting out on social, so we had to start somewhere. And so what I did was I took all of, I don't know, top 10, maybe top 5, 10 blog posts that we had, and my goal is to try to get anywhere from 5 to 10 social posts out of each of those. So if I got 10 out of 5, you're talking 50 posts. If I got you know, five out of 10 blog posts, you're still talking 50. So I got a 50 posts and now we just do simple math. You're posting five days a week. Now you have 10 weeks worth of content. So like that, that's just kind of the math that people can do and say, Oh man, we actually have a lot. So, you know, if you're trying to figure out how to, how to even start with consistency, like take some time, batch out all your content, write out, spend some time writing out these social posts, 
you could do them in different unique styles. You could maybe one's a meme, one's just a straight up text post. Maybe one's a video and one's a text post. I think that's the other thing too is like you can hit the same idea, the same topic, the exact same almost wording and just have it in a different format. Maybe one's an image, one's a video, and one's a text and you're dripping those out at different times. So like it really is a massive sort of almost never ending um, options there. But that's what we did. Katie and I sort of set up this rhythm where we were we were releasing one blog post a week and at before we even released the blog post we had a distribution doc written for it and so we had five to ten social posts that were already written so we could if a blog launched on tuesday we'd have a post ready on tuesday post ready on thursday and then they'd start posting the next week too and they'd just keep kind of going on from there so you were always talking about those same topics it wasn't just like hey we launched this blog go check it out and then radio silence for the rest of the year (laughs) And you preface it by saying the distro doc is boring. I don't care if it's boring if it nets out to that. Like sometimes yep. you need boring and you need process to get to that consistent output. So uh, don't sell yourself short. So I guess a question for you then. We've been at this for, you know, 10-ish months now, maybe a little less. What have you learned? Like mm. give me your top three learnings from running this social operation for the company page? Like maybe some of the things that you had hunches on and you were right, or maybe some things that you had hunches on and you were just so off, this is a safe space. So uh, I just want to share, you know, what are some of the things that we've learned to get to 10K followers? Yeah, I think, so one that we haven't talked about, but is actually super huge, and it's not something that I do a ton of, is engagement with your posts. So we, so like Katie will go in and engage as metadata on LinkedIn with our posts, with other posts where we're mentioned. That's a huge thing because then metadata is showing up in your feed in different ways. You're actually getting a response. I mean, how many times have you commented on something and just heard nothing either back or even a lot, you know, a lot and sometimes it's just like all you need is like a like on that oh man they liked my comment good you know but if you can go that extra step and like actually respond you know katie does an awesome job uh i'll shout her out again here like respond you can respond with a gif you can respond with a little image you can you know you don't have to just like say oh thanks for your comment (laughs) you know like you can actually spend the time and effort to be able to do that so i think that's a huge um learning that I've had is like, it's one thing to post, but then like also get ready to like engage with your audience and like try to build a little bit of a, you know, community within the the LinkedIn, um, comment section as well. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is don't be afraid to try different styles and in different types of posts. So we, I think we have probably tried everything that's possible. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think if there's something we haven't necessarily tried. I'm sure there are, but like we've done carousels and we've done different types of carousels. We've done videos. We've done different types of videos. We've done memes. We've done gifts. We've done, um, standard text posts. We've done graphs. We've done, you know, we've done all these different types of things. And so I like to just kind of view it as like a giant experiment because, uh, you never really, just when you think you have something figured out, something changes or, oh, one thing we didn't, we never did polls. I just want to throw that out there, Mark. Oh, no, that was uh, a rule. That was a rule. And that was a, <laughs> that was a, uh, 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 
a, a mandate from me, the top. We're completely against polls. I don't care anything about that. There were... We were gaming the system. That's I'm what, glad that's that that... I'm going to get in my soapbox <laughs> for a second. I'm glad that that period of time is over because there was a time where all you saw on LinkedIn was polls and somebody even came up with a Chrome plugin. It probably wasn't super secure that... If you installed it, it prevented you from seeing polls in your feed. And I use it. It was amazing. It was a great time in my life. And I'm so happy that polls are over. But yes, you will never see a poll on our metadata account. And that's intentional. So yeah, so, so you know, that is one I know we didn't do. Um, but you use your company LinkedIn page like... Nobody has this thing 100% figured out. There are, you know, the gongs who who have really crushed it. But also LinkedIn is at a different place too. So like your expectation, you know, it's 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 changing. You know, it's it, it's still there's value there for organic reach and things like that. It's not where it was two years ago in terms of that growth. Um, and so like, you know, if you think you're going to try to like hit hit 100, like, you know, that'd be awesome. But like, I also don't think like numbers should be your goal. Like we didn't set out this year to <clears throat> necessarily say we're going to go hit 10 K this year. We set out and we're like, we went way down to the macro, uh, micro of like, can we post five times a week? <laughs> like, and then consistency, you know, just, yeah. and then just be consistent from there. But like, and also, yeah, we're, we're trying different things. Like for one of the things we're also trying, uh, is, different times that we're posting. So we, you know, does 8 a.m. Eastern work better? Does, you know, 11, how about at night? And so we've tried different things in different times. And again, it's all kind of gut feel on some of that stuff. And some posts just bomb. You know, I think that's the other thing I'd say too. Like if you throw something out and it bombs, that's the best thing about social media. Nobody's going to remember and nobody cares. It's moving on to the next. It's not like you're, so like, don't feel like you have to like put all this effort in. And then if something goes, you have tomorrow, you have tonight, you could post another one. Um, and, and that's something we're trying to do now is actually we're starting to move toward posting like two or three times a day spread out to try to just a get more out there. Cause we have so much content that we're trying to push, but also just trying to be there at different times that people are using the platform. So that's two. Um, and then three, if I had to come up with a third, you're not, get, you're not getting out of this. I'm a rule of three guy. You're a rule of three guy. That's okay. <laughs> I like it. Um, we touched on it, but I think it. you have to treat LinkedIn as a, almost as a publishing platform and not a promotion platform. So we, we think of LinkedIn 90% of the time as a place to publish our content where people can go off and see it and probably 10, maybe even less as like a promotional place for us to show off stuff. So, and I'm very sensitive to that balance because look, we, we all have those things we get tugged in and, and we, we haven't even touched on like uh, internal, not politics, but just asks and things like, hey, can oh, you guys God. post this on social? That's a, that's hey, a like, therapy session. Yeah, It's a whole other ball game. So like, just be aware that we totally get that. There are like, you know, uh, whole other factors in that. But but balance it and let people internally know like this is the goal this is what we're trying to accomplish so when somebody does ask like hey can we promote you know this award or can we do this or can we do that 
I think a lot of, you know, we go back to the B2B stuff. Like, who do I watch? Like you look at B2B, that's all it is. It's like, Hey, check out, we just won this award. And then they get like a hundred likes, but it's all the employees and their employees, families that are like liking it. Right. Like as you would, it actually doesn't provide any value to the audience. And so like that, that would be number three is definitely view LinkedIn as, as a place to publish content. And if you can think about how do you publish little micro bits of content every single day, you're going to be way better off than just trying to promote your stuff. I kind of, the way that you described it, I just thought of, uh, it's like your fridge in the house that you were growing up as a kid. It was just all the, the best, like braggadocious things that you accomplished at school or whatever it was. And you were only talking about like, that was all that was on your fridge. I think there are too many companies right now that that's what their LinkedIn company page looks like because it's perfect example. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we just got that top workplaces award. I don't even think we had a post about it. We got it. I, it's not something that we're trying to shout from the rooftops just because we don't need to always do that. But, you know, it's finding the balance between that because if you're only doing that, then I'll just unfollow the company page and then mm, oh, lost totally. somebody who's in your audience that you truly were trying to get the attention of. Yeah, and again, it's it's all it's all trying to f- cuz any piece of content can be uh hit at for a different um a different reason. So like we we were named one of Inc's best workplaces. We actually did post it. We posted it this morning. But well, the reason shows why you, you what shows you what I know. <laughs> so you know, Mark, come on, get on it. Don't you know everything we post? So, yeah, we we, we post that, but that's not necessarily it could be actually for people in you know our audience who are customers or potential customers just so they know like hey this is a great piece of work it's also a great hiring tool and that's another piece of social is like you know there's different reasons and avenues to use it it's finding that balance and trying to make it more cohesive because you don't want to like swing the pendulum um one way or the other especially on linkedin because that's the thing linkedin is not twitter you cannot post 12 times a day and the feed just keeps running like it it it, it works differently um and, and actually you can get downgraded if you're trying to post a ton which seems you know weird but um but yeah so i think like there are different audiences different reasons you post different things and so it's just trying to find those balances and then just keeping keep an eye on, on what's working and what's not if something's working lean more into it if something's not maybe push back a little bit and, and don't post so much like that all right, we'll edit that part out. We had the Emmys yesterday, so all I knew was the Emmys and making sure that that went off unhitched. And it, it did, thankfully enough. But <laughs> I love good, it. Man. Well, I think that was uh, probably a perfect ending to the episode just in terms of what we've learned over the last year or so. We probably should do this again maybe a couple months from now and just see some of the stuff that we're going to be testing out, what's working, what's not working, and, and sharing that for everybody else. But Pumped to have you on again, Justin, as always. Great convo, and uh, I learned a whole lot, including what we posted this morning that I didn't know we were posting about. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, and, and for everybody, I will plug, like, hey, follow us on, on LinkedIn uh, at Metadata.io. Like, we, we do try to post helpful stuff and try to, you know, make it fun. And uh, if you have questions or comments about the show, feel free to throw it in there. We do uh, look at them every single day, so that'd be awesome. I'm actually looking about to look at them right now. So uh, we have multiple sets of eyes on it. So make sure to subscribe to Demand Gen U. We'll see you next week as always and keep sending new topics on LinkedIn. We appreciate it. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Demand Gen U. If you want to hear more, make sure to subscribe to get future episodes. You can also submit a specific topic you want us to talk about by DMing us on LinkedIn. If you like the show or want to share feedback, please leave us a review. It'll help us keep improving and get the word out to other marketers just like you. This podcast is brought to you by Metadata, the first demand generation platform that launches paid campaigns that self-optimize to revenue. If you're looking for a tool that makes it easier for you to build audiences, launch paid campaigns, and experiment at scale, you'll love Metadata. B2B marketers at Zoom, Okta, and ThoughtSpot use Metadata to automate the time-consuming parts of running paid campaigns so they can focus on the things that matter.